Craig Williams would love to have ridden Kingston Town, but he's riding a few nice ones at Caulfield today. How are you, Willow? Very well, Matt. Dan? Do you ever dream about the horses of the past and think what would it have been like to have to have ridden, say, a Kingston Town? I, I, I was brought up watching all those and reading all about those horses and hearing stories about them, and I think they, I think they became in racing folklore. And the only thing I could say is, personally, then I don't like when people start comparing them. I reckon they were the best of their time, and I think that's what we've got to always remember. And um, and I think through through times that all those horses, so many people can tell stories of them. I'm really lucky because um, you know Dad was a jockey, so. I remember there was something when we were away that someone posted something that got brought up because of the, the internet, and um, it was when my father was riding Cumas. And um, so we were travelling for 50, 50 minutes in the car, so it was great to ask Dad about Cumas. So we spent the whole time talking about Dad and Cumas. So it worked out well for that time. But And even when you see some um, some people put them up there um, about the weights that horses carried and the names of the horses and the jockeys and the trainers, even for me that, that um, grew up into it, um, it's just great to then see how everything's changed now. Like the weights are a lot higher now. Those names that you, you don't see anymore, you, you forget about, but then you remember how great they were. You see Darren Gauchy, who's the head of the apprentices, and you, you see his record and you're going, oh, my goodness. And Darren Beeman's getting interviewed uh, on Sydney TV when he's working for Godolphin, and you just realise, you know, how predominant they were in their, in their field in racing. 0416905052 for our listeners who can't relate to the horse they would dreamt to have to have ridden, but the horse they would have dreamt to have watched live uh, at the races. Mine Secretariat. Uh, Dan, yeah. what I'm asking Craig is like, you know, when you and I drive past a Ferrari and we think, I'd love to drive that. And Will, I remember talking to Ben Mallum after he rode Black Caviar that once when he went up the straight that day and. Uh, I said, well, that's just an amazing opportunity. He was a young kid at the time, and uh, he said she felt the same as every other horse, but she just seemed to move faster. So, <laughs> Cohen, give us one from the past that you've dreamt about, thinking, I'd love to have ridden this. Mm, it's too hard. There's so many great ones, isn't there? Um, a bit of far-lap action I, I, for Willow? I, I, or? I'll tell you one thing. i tell you one, one race that I always loved. I thought it was the two-horse war in the Cox Plate. I thought that it always lived in my mind. Bone Crusher, now Waverly Star. And, and I, I reckon guess, he gave it a sore back, Waverly Star, just quietly. Well, so. I guess, and, I, and as, as when I was growing up, I used to go to the races and always dress up in the suits and go there, and, and I would always go to the races and watch uh, Vaux Rogue. I loved Vaux Rogue, and now being riding for 26 years, you realise then how good Vaux Rogue was, that not only was it, his record shows how good he was, but the fact that he was able to do it from start to finish, it just not all horses, most horses can't do that, and... Uh, he, he was remarkable that he could do it, and he was a he was a champion for a, for a period of time too. So he, he was he was great. But um, but riding good horses is is what you'll dream of because they just do they, they are like that. Um, you just said about the, the cars; they just do what the others don't, can't do. And uh, even for riders, they can get us out of trouble when when we might have pulled made an error or something. But you just said before your listeners asked them which horse they'd like to ride or which one they'd like to 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 watch or remember. 
I'm pretty sure most of your listeners are their punters. They all think they're riding and could ride them better anyway. So <laughs> it's probably not a bad segment to have. Yeah. A Vorogue would be like a car to ride, go out in front, and he would, uh, well, he sort of knew what to do. In a, in a lesser way, you, you sort of got an opportunity to do that with, with Horrifying last week. When, when you're crawling along, absolutely crawling along the Meribyrnong side of the track, what are you thinking to yourself at about the 1,800 metres last week? Um, I mean, you were walking at that stage. Did you want to be riding a Vorogue where you could stride out six lengths in front and, you know, feel like you're riding a racehorse as opposed to a rocking chair? Well, that, that race looked like it was always going to be like that anyway, Dan, to be fair. Like, um, I didn't do anything different. Um, my horse's run style put him from what we found out his last two starts because of... Um, of the experience that Joe Bowditch had at Sandown, everyone learnt so much more about shocking and yeah. what he can do and what he can be effective at. So I got on him two starts later after he drew wide the other day against the same horses. He carried the same weight. He had to run under his belt. He ran really well. And then I come into a race, drawn barrier one, up in distance, still with the minimum weight. And all my opposition, none of those horses had any speed whatsoever to be, to be a forward contest. So it, it always... The race was ran how it looked like it was going to be on paper, and then he he was really effective in that type of run style. And and you find out that a horse that can be so aggressive when he's ridden back off and he's getting competitive, when he's lobbing along, like he just can go that slow. Like the jockeys were teasing me to saying that you there's a couple of evens in that time, which is very yeah. rare in a race to run even time, which is fifteen. Well, they let you go that slow, so really, I don't think anyone's pointing the finger at you, at you Craig. And that last thousand was quicker than the sprint race. So it's funny well too how people say, "Oh, you know, the jockeys all went to sleep." Well, you try being the one who has to to upset the apple cart and be the one to change it. So it's not always that easy. Hey, speak, we'll ask you about your rides today shortly. And James Cummings is going to join us in a minute, so that's a nice segue to the Warwick Farm jumpouts yesterday. And one of your old mates, Animo, talking about dream horses, uh, seemed to get through the gears quite nicely in a in a synthetic jumpout yesterday. I'm not sure whether you, you caught that. Yeah, I did. I was watching. I was watching him, of course, in Profondo, and I think um, the, the chestnut horse with the white face is going to run down here in the men's. He, Cascadian. He's, Cascadian. He's already won a Doncaster, so it was obviously good. To, you can just you know when you're turning up the track work in the morning now that these good horses are starting to come back in, and it's really exciting time leading, ending out this current racing season, but leading into the spring carnival, which is right upon us. Any chance you might get on Cascadian? I don't know. You're going to ask James in a minute. So All right, I'll ask you. Yeah. Now, have you got a wish list of questions for James? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about. I don't know where things are heading with Animo. I can't help you there. It's up to James. But uh, other than the that, first, the first three three horses you can ask for. Can you ask for Animo, Animo, and Animo? Oh, <laughs> and I'll also ask about Animo. Hey, um, <laughs> what about today? Uh, we'll go quickly race by race, but just your general overview of your your thoughts about your chances today. I think my manager's done a really good job, and we've got really nice rides. The track. Condition is going to be um, what's going to really change or help my horses' situations. I've got most of my horses like affected ground, and a couple of them are drawn wide, and most of them are a little bit later on in the day. So if the track does deteriorate, those wide barrier draws can be negated by, by the track condition. So, uh, again, I never like to preempt until I get on track and see how the races are being ran and how the track plays. But... Um, I've got a really strong book of rides all through the day. That will be interesting. We're going to get Tim Bailey on again. I heard Mark Hunter referring to the rail placement today and how the, the new true is where the scuffing was from last start and with a bit of rain about if ever it's going to be a, a get out and run on out wide track today might be the, the ingredient for that. But as you say, we're going to have to just see how it plays out. Uh, taught you could in race one. Any, any thoughts there? 
The stable was really happy. He drew wide on his, his resumption. Before that, he won a nice race at Cranbourne. He trolled up really well, and uh, the stable was really happy, and they said to be fitter coming into this race. And, he, of course, he's drawn more favourably today. It's a few horses you haven't ridden before. In fact, uh, the first four rides, I don't think you've ridden before. One of them is the ex-Kiwi uh, uh, Mayor Pascioni, who was fair first up. Any push there? Well, I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping I can use my good barrier draw today um, in this race. And uh, she, she actually trolled up really, really well for Nigel um, when she came over from New Zealand, this preparation. And the other day, I think she just began to be, having, be better for the run under her belt. So um, I'm looking forward to having my first ride on her. T Waters uh, is right in the market in the in the 2400 race five. You missed uh, Sing for Peace. What happened to Pricey's horse? Well, hang on a minute. Where's Sing for Peace? Race four, number five. It is the three dollar ninety favourite in the the Herald Sun this morning. Comes off a very easy <laughs> maiden win at Wodonga. What about that for a gentle drive by Willow? He's sitting <laughs> three feet from me too. You're, you know, like you that was. Do you reckon that was product placement by Dan Malecki we're, right there? We're supposed to be a team in here. Oh, well, you did set up the handball, Craig. <laughs> and uh, mind you, Dan, I, I, I only noticed that because I was reading my best bet um, for the Caulfield race meeting today. So it's Sing so, for Peace. Sing for Peace. Um, so Patrick Payne, um, and David and Jenny are here from Hong Kong, so it's really nice uh, to have them in Australia at the moment through the Hong Kong off-season. And he's he's got a really good... Interesting form reference coming into this race, so um, I'm really looking forward to riding him. He's only having his third race start. He looks like he stays really well. It is the first time at the 2,400 metres. There were a couple of these have already been there, but um, he looks to have a really different form reference coming into it, and he's on the minimum. And the, and the, the heavy hitters from Hong Kong are in town too. <laughs> that might be a push in itself. Uh, T Waters and then Sandy Prince, races five and six. The, the middle of the program's looking pretty solid for you. Yeah, Archie's really happy with T Waters. He's a, he's a three-year-old. He's chosen to come into this this money race because he's a Vobus gold horse and um, takes on the older horses, but he also carries 56, where if he ran in the race before, he'd be carrying 60 or 60-plus 60 kilos. So um, he's chosen this race. His last run was really eye-catching, and that was through the last 100 and through the line. So he's, um, last time he was out at this type of distance, he ran third to Hitotsu, which is a really good form reference. And Sandy Prince, trial well, you know the horse well? Yeah, he's going really really well, Dan. He's, uh, he unfortunately bled uh, first up last last run, and he was he showed his maturity after his first preparation last time. Really happy his two trials. He handles the soft conditions. He just has to negate from a wide barrier draw, but he's, uh, he's going really well for his first up run with preparation. Hey, Willow, uh, just we'll, we'll wound up quickly because um, um, the maestro, Jim C, <laughs> yeah. is on the line and uh, you want to listen in too because I'm going to ask him about, I'm going to put your request to James Cummings and he hasn't got much on today because he hasn't got a runner in New South Wales so he's probably dusting off the uh, the, the, um, the Callaways, I would imagine. Uh, uh, Willow, just be quick before we let you go and then we can um, do some work for you on James Cummings. Amethuba in race seven and then, of course, Felicia. Uh, in the Bletchingley, uh, it just seems wide open. The Bletchingley is there, is there a scenario where Felicia could win? I thought I thought her run through the line, well after the line, was actually really good. And on her overall form, she's got form that would be very competitive. I actually saw Dean Benet at Cranbourne on Thursday, and he said she's really come through the run well. I think we've got to be mindful that she hadn't. She's only had the two runs now in a long, long back, long layoff. So I always like them to have a run under their belt. So she's had that now. So she's drawn more favourably. She gets her track condition. She steps out slightly in trip. And uh, on her rating, she's actually well-placed in that race. All right. And just in a word, Amethuba? Santari. Uh, well, I've got you on Amethuba in race seven. 
Race seven, number 17. You did. Right, according oh, to my right. best bet. Oh, right. Okay, Tontari. All right, okay. You were on both, and I thought the other one was still in. Is it scratched? No. Anyway, we'll double check. Anyway, you're double booked in race seven. You've got a nightmare on your hands when you get there. Good on you, mate. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs>